Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Freelancer Magazine, helping you grow a freelance business you love. Sharing inspirational stories from freelancers around the world, freelance-specific business advice, practical tips, trends, events, and lifestyle features. Freelancers across 25 countries are already subscribed to Freelancer Magazine. Make yourself one of them at freelancermagazine.co.uk. There's a digital version too, but... Get those sweet glossy pages in your hand. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for photographer Tiana J. Williams. It's really hard because you think, oh, it's all about the pictures. And in actual fact, it's probably the smallest contribution you make to your business is actually taking the photographs. It's everything else. And you realise, like, oh, I kind of need to charge a little bit more now because... I need to figure out a way to put money back into the business so that I can grow. That's an ongoing thing, I think. But once people do, you start to realise that, oh, actually, I, I can do this. Why, why didn't I charge sooner? And it's always that when you kind of go to the next level and you charge a little bit more and you think, oh, people are never going to pay me, surely. It can be really hard to kind of separate yourself from your work, let it go for a little bit so you can, you know, shut the laptop and just have some family time. It's really hard, especially because for me, I am my business and I don't feel like at the moment that I could completely step away and it would run itself. So there is Tiana, her story coming up very soon indeed. She's a maternity and newborn uh, photographer. Well, that's what she specialises in. I'll let her explain. If you've not already joined us in the Being Freelance community, please do that. You can click on the link at beingfreelance.com. Join freelancers from around the world. There's also the course there. So if you're new to freelancing, thinking about going freelance, or maybe you've been doing it for about the last year and you're thinking, there must be an easier way. There must be a better way. Uh, what's different about this course is it's not just my experience, because I'm the, the mug in front of the video camera on all of these short little videos I've made, uh, but it is the experience of all the people I've spoken to for what, well, we're now in our eighth year of this podcast, so it's not just my experience, it's theirs too, and I, I, I really think that does make a difference. Anyway, please do go check it out if you think it could help you. I'd love it to help you. Go to beingfreelance.com. All right, so we have got Tiana J. Williams, who is a freelance photographer. Where are you based, Tiana? So I'm based in Birmingham, um, right in the middle in the West Midlands. Very nice. As ever, how about we get started hearing mm-hmm. how you got started being freelance? So I used to be a midwife. Not to say that I was never creative. I loved like dance, performing arts at school, but never really thought about photography at all. And then when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I've got two girls, I wanted a hobby. I was absolutely sure I was never going to dance ever again. Other to the Wiggles and Barney the Dinosaur. Yeah, the mum dance. Those are good. (laughs) I'm good with those. Um, Yeah, so I I liked taking pictures on my phone. So I thought, why don't I get like a proper camera? So I did. I went into Curry's. And I, I picked up the Nikon and thought, yep, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> so I bought that. <laughs> I, did, I had no idea how to use it. I started off on YouTube. So then fast forward a little to when my daughter was born in February 2016, I thought, oh my gosh, I could take pictures of her with my proper camera and I can document her journey in life. And 
how motherhood is going. I started taking pictures of her and I, I just loved it. And I'd made friends in a like a parenting group. So we kind of all go in these groups where all the mums have children that were all born in the same month. And one of them (laughs) happened to be a photographer and she was like, oh, you seem like you have really good interest in it. So I'll add you to a Facebook group that's full of female photographers. Majority of us are mums and, um, you know, see what you think. And honestly, I got sucked into this world of photography and it wasn't just like maternity and newborn, which is what I absolutely adore. There were, you know, landscape, wildlife, um, documentary wedding all sorts of various kinds of you know genres and I just thought oh my gosh like this is interesting and I completely when I say I got sucked in I literally fell in headfirst like Alice in Wonderland (laughs) type of thing (laughs) yeah in the time that I was off on maternity I was taking pictures of her mainly um and some of my friends were saying oh could you you know do you want to take some pictures of my little boy and I was like, yeah, I can do that. It'd be fun. And then I went back to the NHS after having a lovely year off of having fun. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> oh my God, I don't think I like this at all. So a um, couple of months into going back, I registered my little business as Tiana J. Williams Photography. And I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to try and make a go of this. And at some point I kind of thought, yep, yeah, I'm done with the NHS. This is too hard mainly because there was just no flexibility and because I had my daughter I really wanted to spend more time with her and when you're working 12 hour shifts and you get your rota for six weeks and you're on five weekends out of six and Mm. you know I was just like this is not fun anymore I didn't mind before I had children I worked whatever shifts I got I swapped with other parents you know so that they could have the weekends with their children who were at school Monday to Friday And then I kind of realised, gosh, I want a bit of that kind of freedom now. So, uh, yeah, I left midwifery August 2017. I had a nursing job that I went back to. I'm not even going to go into that because it was not very nice. (laughs) (laughs) And I realised I was completely finished with healthcare at that point. So January 2018, I was fully self-employed, no idea what I was doing. And I thought, right, I've got a little bit of money. I can kind of do some training, business training, you know, photography training. So when I look back at some of the pictures I took, I think they were great then, but not so much now. (laughs) But they were part of the journey. So, uh, yeah, and I literally kind of threw myself in head first. And I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to do it as best as I can so I can get the ball rolling really quickly. And it really has, like, especially the last kind of two years, even though we've been through the most dramatic thing that could have possibly happened to the world, bar what's going on in other countries right now. You know, it's been really good. It's been great. But I'm still learning. I'm still finding things out. I still make mistakes, as we all do. But it's a journey. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, you went back to work and then found yourself registering a business. <laughs> I know, right? (laughs) Did the confidence come from being within that community of other female photographers? Definitely. I I just thought if they can do it and they're all, you know, majority of them are mums and they all had different careers and lives before, then surely I can give this a go. And part of me always thought like, you know, babies are always going to be born. I'm never, ever going to be out of a job. So 
<laughs> I may as well give this a really good go because if it didn't work out, the NHS would have happily had me back. Wow. Um, and even now, I mean, I spoke to one of my colleagues recently. She's like a private midwife. And she's saying, oh, Tiana, you know, you were such a good midwife. Is there any way we could tempt you to come back? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. My life's pretty, pretty easy going now. I mean, I, the hours I work more than I ever did. <laughs> but you know I'm in control of how that works mm. so I don't know if I could go back to that as much as I miss you know being a midwife dearly I really do but this is great um uh, yeah it's there's no way <laughs> I'm interested in how you took it from hobby to business though mm. so like having a few friends saying oh could you take some photos yada yada to you then saying yeah but it'll cost XYZ. Yeah. yeah how how did you make that transition how was that that was really hard um because I guess oh, you don't go into the NHS because you're going to get a job that's going to pay you super well you do it because you love it mm. and you just you get paid for that that's the kind of mentality I had so going to say to somebody who's asking me to take photographs of their children their family themselves and saying okay um you know I have to charge you for this was really hard it, you know what it's still a bit of a stumbling block now sometimes but yeah I started ridiculously cheap because I mean I didn't really know anything about costs of doing business I just thought oh this person's gonna pay me 30 quid to take a couple of pictures that's all right isn't it you know so it started from there and then you know, you want to do training and you want to do classes or you see the shiny new lens that you want to buy. And then you realise like, ah, oh, I, I kind of need to charge a little bit more now because I need to figure out a way to put money back into the business so that I can grow. That's an ongoing thing, I think. But once people do, you start to realise that, oh, actually, I, I can do this. Why, why didn't I charge sooner? And it's always that when you kind of go to the next level and you charge a little bit more and you think... Oh, people are never going to pay me, surely. Like, they're going to think, what is she doing? Is she trying to, like, you know, rip people off? And I will say, I've had people say that to me. But, you know, I'm, I've got broader shoulders now than I did a couple of years ago, so I can deal with it a little bit better. I was going to say, how does that mm. feel? It's really hard. And I've got so many incredible friends now who are in the same industry all around the world and you know some of them have said but that's a reflection on them and not you and so what they're doing is kind of putting that on you because they feel bad and they don't like how that feels for them because they can't afford it so it's trying to kind of change your mindset and think that okay that's fine that isn't my problem to worry about it's mm -hmm. theirs and you know just kill them with kindness and just say that's fine thank you I appreciate that this isn't the right time for you, um, maybe in the future. Um, or you can just not reply, <laughs> especially if they're really rude, which I have done that in the past. And then, you know, you go in your little private groups and have a natter with your friends and say, oh, I've just had this really horrible person. And everyone's like, yeah, we've all had that this week. Must be the weather. I don't know. Is it a full moon or something? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that empathy. Mm. Although, you see, I notice on your website, that mm -hmm. you now, at least, have mm -hmm. pretty clear indication of what things might cost. Yes. So was that a new thing? Did you? How did that feel when you added that to the site, if not? And has it made a difference to getting that reaction in the first place? You know, it's funny because 
I'm learning and people that I've kind of had training with tell you this, that, you know, once you start charging a little bit more, the way that clients respond to you is different. And you're you're always going to get people that are going to kind of be a bit strange about it, but it happens less. And I think that, for example, with my website, you know, I got someone to build it for me and, you know, I showcase the best some of like the best of my work although I will say more more of my recent work is on Instagram but I think that when people now see that they expect that they're going to have a bigger investment so um I would say now I it doesn't happen that often where I have a kind of really sort of strange reaction to the pricing I get people that often say they thank me and they appreciate that you know it's an investment and that they're not able to make that kind of commitment to book me, even though they absolutely love my work, but they also see the value in it and they recognise that I love what I do. So when you have feedback like that, it feels good, even though they're not booking, you know, you know, they, and they won't be able to. I sit there and think, wow, like they were, they took the time to send me a reply. And even though they're saying, look, we can't afford you right now, but we love your work. It's beautiful. Maybe... In the future, especially, you know, for many mums that are on maternity leave, maternity pay, you know, it doesn't stretch very far. So it can be difficult for some to be able to do that. But then equally, when people can and they don't bat an eyelid about the price and they just pay and you think, oh, my gosh, wow, is that me? <laughs> it's such a good feeling because, you know, people aren't going to argue about what you're worth and you feel like you're getting paid what you deserve and you know that what you've put in you get back out and yeah it's it's a good feeling but it's hard really hard (laughs) yeah so when did you invest in the website okay so I got my website done I think it was was in November 2020 yeah so I've always had a website but it's been a kind of I've done it myself so not that I know how to kind of code or anything like that but YouTube is the best free resource on the internet. So (laughs) how do I build a website on WordPress? And I scoured the internet and found a um, pretty much like a website walkthrough for WordPress and I think a theme called Divi. Mm. So um, I followed this tutorial from start to finish and then I customised it so it looked a little bit more like how I wanted it to be. Um, And it it was perfectly fine for the longest time and then I thought I'm gonna I really want to get it looking a lot more like the way I see other websites look when I look at them even though I'm sure somebody probably would have looked at my old website and been like oh my god like that's an amazing website um so yeah I I booked somebody to do that for me he's he's a good friend he's actually a photographer as well which is how I knew him um so I was like, oh, Andy, you'll be great. You can do this, can't you? So yeah, we got it sorted and I love it now. And because I, I did all of that kind of YouTubing and figuring out how to, you know, use that theme, I can make changes myself. So um, nice, yeah. it's really handy. Mm. And has it made a difference? Like beyond that thing that we were saying about, you know, the concept of, of the what the value might be and the mm-hmm. cost might be? Have any things that you've done for that website made a difference to the way that your business has worked? I would say so. Especially, I think, with the type of clients that I get now, 
the majority of the clients that that inquire with me come via Google. So they're searching on the internet, you know, they come across my website and many of them actually comment on it and they say, oh, you know, it looked really professional. Um, You know, we love the images on there. It was really easy to, you know, get in contact with you. So I definitely think it helps. I know that social media has such a kind of strong um, influence on how we do things now, but I still believe that, you know, a really good website will kind of set you up. And I think also for confirmation as well I know when I'm looking at another business for something that I'm looking for if I find them on social media I want to know if they've got a website I don't know what it is <laughs> but if I see that they have a website and it looks okay I'm thinking okay they, they must be someone I can you know I can trust to do whatever it is I need so I feel like it's really good if you can get a good website then definitely do and can people book via it so I I used to have a booking system where they could book the actual date that they wanted to have. But I, I took that away because what I like to do now is ask clients to send an inquiry via the website. And I also give them the option to book a telephone call so we can have a chat about things because I think it's really important that they get to hear my boys. I hear theirs. They can hear how excited I am when I talk to them about it. Yeah, they can ask any questions that they want. And I know some people absolutely hate phone calls. And sometimes I'm a little bit like that. But um, yeah, I think it really helps. And I found that clients that I've spoken with on the phone who have inquired are more likely to book. I feel like they kind of get a feel of who I am and they just feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, So yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's really important because what we haven't quite touched upon is the fact that you... You seem to follow the the natural niche, I guess, <laughs> of coming from being a midwife as well. So you do maternity mm-hmm. and newborn. Well, I think you do weddings as well. But maternity and newborn seems to be like a, a driving focus. Oh, completely. Yeah, there was no way that I'd not do those genres. I absolutely. If I could just do maternity, I absolutely would. But then it's lovely when clients come back and they're like, oh, we had such a gorgeous session with you and we trust you to photograph our baby. And they, yeah, they're happy to come back. So um, I'll happily do newborn sessions. But maternity for me, it's like my little kind of connection with my midwifery background. Mm. And clients love that. Like, they read it on my website and they're like, oh my gosh, is it okay if we can talk about this? My consultant said this, my midwife said that, what do you think? <laughs> and it's just nice. I think it just helps break the ice. They feel safe and comfortable. And wow, it's like, you know, you get somebody from maternity shoot and then there's a natural end to that story, which you would maybe end up doing a newborn shoot. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that you're now thinking about doing toddler shoots and then in a few years' time as your business grows, that you're going to suddenly be doing... Uh, five and six-year-olds going to school shoots and yeah I I dabbled in a couple of them now they're not my absolute favorite session (laughs) no they don't sit still quite the same no they absolutely completely tornado around the studio (laughs) it's like afterwards I just sit there and think wow that was hard work like it was so much easier when you were like this small and I put you there and you don't move whereas now they're running around and they don't want to do this and we're kind of singing all the songs and waving YouTube kids (laughs) around the studio it's crazy so I'll do them if clients ask but I don't advertise them because they're just not my favorite session to do yeah because there's the thing oh that's that's nice to hear the work Mm. is there but actually you don't say you do it because you'd rather (laughs) 
perhaps yeah. rather not. But um, <laughs> you mentioned having a studio. Have you always had a studio space? I haven't. So I've had a studio for two years. I'm heading into my third year of having a studio space now. Um, before that, I did um, all of my like newborn and maternity and family shoots in my living room in my house. <laughs> explaining that to clients and they're kind of thinking okay we're going to some complete strange person's house we don't know what's gonna happen and then they walk in and I'm like yeah sorry just excuse my kids shoes just ignore those (laughs) and then they'd come into the living room and I'd have to move all the furniture to one side of the room and then have my backdrop set up with stands got my lights it was crazy but we did it and some of like my favorite images were shot in my living room and (laughs) You know, when I show them to people and they're like, you did that in your house? And I'm like, yeah, because I, I just, I didn't have the means to have a studio at that point. And you make it work, you know, I didn't have a dedicated space. And it was funny kind of moving stuff across. And then after a shoot and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. But I know I've still got an hour of packing the lights down, the backdrops away. You know, I, I used to do the cake smash sessions in my living room. And I remember we had a blue cake and I've got biscuit-coloured carpet. <laughs> it was not a pretty sight afterwards. I just sat there and thought, I don't even know how I'm going to get this out of the carpet. But luckily, parents saved the day. They had a carpet cleaner. So I was like, right, I'm coming down to get it because the carpet is blue right now and it needs to not be. <laughs> so, that was it's, fun. I've kind of got like this weird alternative version of Dexter, if you've ever seen that TV <laughs> yeah. show. Just yeah. this- but instead of blood splatter, cake splatter needing cake, to be stopped. literally everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the studio eventually, though. Mm. How did you... I mean, that... that Well, I'm projecting onto you here, but to me, that would like feel like a big step. <laughs> it was a big step. But oh, it's a bit... Not a sad story, but... So I found a space in the Jewelry Quarter in Birmingham. It's a lovely um, location. And uh, it was just one room and it was really affordable. And I remember bringing my mum and showing her the space. And I hadn't moved in yet. It's still kind of, it, not that it was kind of completely finished, but it was carpeted and wall, you know, it was painted and stuff. But I wanted to change it. And she was like, you know what, T, go and get your studio because I can see how much you love it and I see how well you're doing. So um, I took on the lease and... <laughs> me and my brothers, my cousin, my dad, we spent endless hours just like painting it. I got someone in to put like laminate flooring down so it looked like a really nice space. But yeah, the reason why I say it's kind of a a, a sore point for me is because I lost my mum not long after. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, She never got to see it in its kind of full glory. Oh. So now I feel like I have to really keep at this because she knew I loved it and although I never got to show her what it looked like and obviously what it looks like now because it's grown you know I'm like if there's one person who really really believed in me not to say that people didn't because they did um it was her so yeah she's she's my little guardian angel and I'm honestly it's crazy that she's not here but everything has gone so well so yeah but how lovely that she saw that it was going to happen you know, mm, that definitely that you were going to be all right but you had this yeah. had this dream so it, you're still in that same space now no so I left that space so this was October 2019 so I stayed there until 
end of November 2020, so mid-pandemic, <laughs> I moved. And the reason for the move was I just I had issues with the other tenants there. Um, the main issue was that obviously I'm having like pregnant clients come to the studio and clients with their children and babies and there's a lot of issues with like smoking in the doorway and I don't have a problem with what people Mm -hmm. do with their lives. I'm like, they are your lungs. I'm not going to have a go at you about that, but please do it in like the designated smoking area. That's why we had one, (laughs) (laughs) but obviously it's cold. So they wanted to stand in the doorway. So it was affecting um, my clients' like experience when they were coming to the studio. So I started looking for a new studio space and I'm still in the jewelry quarter, just the other side. And the space that I have is beautiful. And it was completely way out of my budget, like significantly. And I was thinking, this is really bad. I love this space, but we are in the middle of a pandemic. How on earth am I going to pay for it? But I needed to move and I walked into this place and it had this gorgeous yellow wall. There's all this exposed brick, several rooms, like a massive room to kind of do the shoots in. And then I've got a room where I do like consultations and viewing appointments. I have a hair and makeup room. And I was like, this is it. This is the dream. This is where I'm going to be. So I moved in um, a year ago, beginning of December um and then did all these sessions that I'd had to cram in because we had that kind of fire break lockdown in November didn't we and then we closed again for four months January to April (laughs) (laughs) and I was like yeah that's this is not this wasn't a smart idea was it but honestly every time we've been able to reopen I have been able and lucky enough because it's not been like that for everybody but to hit the ground running and not have to worry about how am I going to kind of pay the rent pay my bills it's been fine it's like clients were just waiting to kind of get back to doing something and because they weren't having baby showers and you know parties because gatherings weren't allowed but we could do photography people were like I'm gonna have a maternity shoot instead and I was like that's fine (laughs) that works for me (laughs) oh how good is Tiana's story back with her in a moment but I just want to take a second to thank Hrefs for their support for this episode as well I've been using Hrefs to get under the hood as it were like I've ever got under a hood of a car did I sound convincing? To get, to get under the hood of beingfreelance.com to sort out my SEO. I mean, with Tiana, you can hear how important SEO has been to her. The amount of business that comes to her because of her website. And it works on a local level. You know, she's getting customers from a nearby area to where she is. But also, I mean, look at last week's guest, Louise Shanahan who is a health copywriter working very much in a niche. And so, again, her website can work for her. But don't just take a chance on these things. You can actually help your website by getting into the SEO of it all. You don't have to be an expert in that. I'm not. Use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. It's free, and this isn't one of those 14-day free trial offers. It actually is free. Go to ahrefs.com slash A-W-T, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Don't just take my word for it. Check it out for yourselves. And again, thanks very much to Hrefs for sponsoring this episode. Speaking of which, let's get back to it and chat to Tiana. It can feel like a big pressure to get some business cards printed, let alone take on the financial worry, I guess, Mm -hmm. of going to that bigger studio. Mm -hmm. How did you get it together, I guess, to 
to be able to do that. <laughs> I know. Oh, you know what? These Facebook groups are a great place. Amazing. So, friends, this is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? Okay, so you need to make sure this. You need to know this. Have you got this saved? Da-da-da-da-da. Um, so yeah, I, whenever I was ever stuck with something like that, I just went back into the groups and bounced off people. I private messaged like photographers that I was inspired by that I thought, oh my gosh, you you seem to be doing incredibly well. And I hope you don't mind me just kind of, you know, picking your brains a little bit on, on this thing, or I'm thinking about doing this and, I'd like to think I'm a nice person and I I, I contribute to like the group. So there was never really anyone who wasn't willing to kind of share some tips with me. I actually had um, a friend who was a photographer. She, um, she was so kind and she kind of, I would say mentored me in a sense for six months or so, just saying, oh, make sure you've got this and do that and it was just so nice of her to do it you know Mm. so that was helpful but yeah I always kind of jump back in the groups and see what other people are kind of got to say about something and and go with it and it's not always going to be the right advice for you I guess because different things work for different people but uh yeah (laughs) I was like well I'm gonna do it so this is it let's see what happens and yeah it's it's been going really good amazing so your first clients were obviously people you knew. Your website has been working wonders for you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is it mainly your website that people find you or is it word of mouth? Is it Instagram? Like, how, how, Where do you get your clients? I would say it's a good combination of all of those. Um, I definitely get the majority of my clients finding me on Google. And sometimes they're not even, they haven't even gone to my website. They've just typed in, I don't know, maybe photographer in Birmingham or something like that. And mm. it's come up with my details and they've called me straight from Google um, to inquire. Then you get the ones that are usually kind of browsing on the internet, looking for a maternity photographer. So the, what the phone calls tend to be someone who's looking for a photographer. So they, it might not necessarily be like maternity or newborn. Um, I tend to get a lot of calls about if I do like passport photos. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I find it really interesting because I just think just, there's booths in like Tesco. <laughs> like they are so quick and they guide you through it all. And you don't yeah. have to worry about how you dressed or anything. You just go in, put the money in, press the button and it is done. So when they come to you direct through Google, that's like, have you put time into Google My Business? Yes, that is so essential. It's really helpful because people want information quickly and you find, or this, and what I've learned is that people don't want to kind of be clicking too many times. If it's taking too long to get the information they want, they're bored of that like two seconds ago. <laughs> so Google My Business has been really helpful. Do you ask for reviews? Is that something which... I definitely do. So I try to... I have like a system. I use like a, a client management system um, and it's all automated that I've spent, you know, the time kind of setting things up in the emails to go out every so often. So like at the end of like a client experience, usually around uh, six weeks or so, 
they'll get an automatic email saying, you know, we really loved our experience together, um, loved the pictures that we created, I hope you're enjoying your photographs, how's things, because sometimes people reply, and just asking them if they wouldn't spare five minutes to just pop a little review on Google. Yeah, people are happy to leave, like, reviews on Google, reviews on Facebook. Word of mouth is also very, very powerful. There's a, um, a Facebook group that I'm a part of, It's actually called Black Owned Birmingham because it's all about like black owned businesses trying to kind of support each other a little bit more. It actually grew off the back of issues and things with like George Floyd. Mm. Yeah, it's it's such a good group for finding various things. But whenever someone asks for like a pregnancy photographer, hands down guarantee I will get recommended at least 10 times. Great. And then Instagram, you said helps as well. Instagram is perfect because, um, you know, you can use hashtags and I... I only really realised maybe about six months ago that people do actually use them, hashtags to find things that they're looking for. So I had a booking via, she, I think she inquired via my website, but she found me initially on Instagram and she was literally typing in hashtags that were Birmingham maternity photographer. And this is, these are some of the hashtags that I use. So I was like, oh my gosh, it actually works. So uh, yeah, I I do get inquiries via Instagram. Often if I'm posting maybe like some behind the scenes in my stories or sometimes like I'll post images that I've shot recently and people are like, oh my gosh, I've been meaning to get my head around booking a session and I haven't done it yet, but I've seen this and I want to do it now. So let's, let's get talking. So Instagram's great for that. And then, yeah, Facebook. I don't often get many inquiries via Facebook, but I have to say I don't use my Facebook page as much as I probably should. But it's a preference thing. I feel like Instagram's a little bit quicker for me, whereas some of my Mm -hmm. friends, their whole business thrives on, you know, getting inquiries via Facebook and they're very kind of present on that platform. But it's trying to keep on top of all of the things, you know? Yeah. When it comes to Instagram, how much time would you say you put in I don't know, maybe it's each day or each week into marketing yourself? Um, It's a really good question because I don't really have like a strategy. I guess some people say that's not a good thing, but I'm like, I don't know. It's okay at the moment. (laughs) So I'm not going to knock it. Um, It varies. Um, One thing I, I try to also do, and I've been slacking a little bit on it recently, but I've been so busy, um, is trying to stay engaged on there rather than just like post content and not do anything. People like replies. Sometimes I'll, especially if I'm posting like a self-portrait or something like that, because I like to do those every now and again. And I find that I end up having conversations with people in the comments just because I talk about the journey rather than saying, hey, this is a great photo. And that's it. (laughs) I tell people about how it felt when I took it or... Even if I photograph a client and they're happy for me to share a little bit about their story and people are like, oh, wow, that's so interesting. And I'm like, I know. And they want to chat with you about it. It kind of helps them feel connected. And sometimes I try and go on other people's Instagrams and comment on theirs also because it's just nice to do that. But I think that's also that helps a lot. I think Um, it makes your kind of presence a little bit more personable and people kind of like that and then people remember oh gosh what about Tiana have you thought about going to see her so I think it plays into the word of mouth thing yeah what what would you say you found most challenging out of being freelance um learning the business side of things I still feel like I'm learning that it's really hard because 
photography is such a kind of visual type of thing to do. You think, oh, it's all about the pictures. And in actual fact, it's probably the smallest contribution you make to your business is actually taking the photographs. <laughs> is everything else that kind of um, builds into that. So learning the kind of business elements and what goes into that, you know, like making sure you have contracts and is the insurance that you have right for your business. Um, you know, what software you're going to use to kind of invoice your clients. How do you, do you have a mailing list? Looking at income, outgoings, pricing. There's so many things. And sometimes you kind of get to that the kind of feeling where you're like, I just want to take nice pictures. I don't want to deal with any of the other kind of hard all the hard things that come along with it I just want to have fun and take pictures and people are like hey this is great I'll pay you for it thank you and you're like great thanks and everyone's happy um yeah it's all the other things I would say and probably trying to find your own style and be unique and trying not to copy because Trends are, you know, people want to do the trends that they see and clients are asking for things that they've seen somewhere else. And you've got to try to do it in your own way so that you're not copying someone because it's, it's plagiarism is not good. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you want to stand out and you can like, like the way this person did one thing and that person has done something else and then kind of take those elements and make it your own rather than, you know, directly copying. And I think when you get started that's you kind of don't really know how to there's a book i can't remember who's written it but it's called steal like an artist <laughs> oh my god it's on the yeah. shelf behind me where is it no way austin cleon yes so yeah is kind of looking at what's good about this and what you love about that and how can you take those elements and mix and mash them all up and come up with your own concept um, that's really hard to do. And yeah, definitely at the beginning, it's very easy to kind of fall into that trap of, I've seen this, so I'm going to do it the exact same way. And then you've done it, but then you've only kind of really copied somebody else. So um, I think everyone kind of goes through that a little bit. I think it's part of the journey. <laughs> and then you start to realise like, look, I, I don't want to do this. Or, you know, I really found what I loved about when I shoot maternity sessions so I went with that and I love it so I'm happy not doing a different style because I don't need to so yeah that's a long way around about it but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I must say what one of the phrases I noticed you say earlier which is nice was calling it a client experience definitely and the reason why I use that term is because I want them to enjoy the whole experience. Like, I'm going to take care of you. You're going to come to my studio. You'll have your makeup and hair done. You'll have some quiet time. We'll send hubby away with the other kids. Or he's going to go and have a coffee. So this is just all about you. And you're going to be pampered. And then you're going to be photographed. And you're going to look absolutely amazing. You're going to feel good. And you're going to look great. And I say to them at the end of the shoot, like, don't waste this good hair and makeup now. I think you should go out for lunch. So they go and have a great, they make a day of it. Then I'll edit like the, the best pictures that we've captured from the day and invite you back. And we're going to watch a slideshow and we're going to pick your absolute favourites. And they're like, oh, this is so exciting. And yeah, it's an experience. 
experience. I want them to feel, you know, and and know that, oh, you know, I, it was like we spent a good amount of money with her, but it was so worth it because she did everything. We didn't have to worry about, you know, um, how I looked or... I didn't have to worry about stretch marks or that I didn't have any outfits to bring because Tiana took care of all of that. So I want them to feel like, you know, just the same kind of feeling as when you go on holiday, you're like, oh, everything's booked and taken care of. All I need to do is show up at the airport at the right time and it'll all happen. I'll get there, have a great time. So, uh, yeah, I, I want it to be a, a good experience and it's fun. I love it. I really do. Love it. And, I, I wanted to touch as well. I noticed on your website how many awards you've won, <laughs> which is marvellous. But Thanks. yeah, what's that experience been like for you? Has it made a difference? It's made a massive difference to my confidence. This is the thing as well. Like you have to remind yourself, because I don't win all of the ones that I enter at all. Um, but you've got to remember that, you know, when you took those photographs of that client how you made them feel and how they felt when they saw themselves trumps any award by far. And they are also paying you. Whereas with competitions, a lot of them you've got to pay to enter and you're putting work like it's like you're wearing your heart on your sleeve and you're saying, this is something that I love and I'm going to be judged on by it and compared to what they would say is the industry standard for that competition. So it's a it's a good experience, but a very scary one also because it's really hard to hear feedback about your work that doesn't align with how you feel about the image. For example, I watched I entered a competition um, in when did I, what September no October last year, and I went to watch the images be judged live. <gasps> that is the most wow. nerve wracking thing I have ever done, and it is really hard, but. It helps you learn and it helps you see where you may have made some errors and you get feedback on how to improve. So they are really good to go to because that's what helps you grow. So, um, yeah, you never know which way they're going to go. But when you do enter an award or a competition and you win, it's just incredible because, you know, people around all around the world are entering these and you come like first or second or third. You're like, I'm third out of all of these international people. This is insane. And clients love it because they're like, wow, she's like winning awards. Look at how well she's doing. We've picked an award winning photographer. This is great. Um, but as I said, I, I do enter them for my own kind of growth. Good to hear. Yeah. Now, um, Tiana, I always do this thing. What else for three facts about yourself? To make two true, one a lie, and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? Okay, so um, I I really get really emotional about this, but I actually wanted to be a paediatrician. went to Warwick University um, when I was 19, and I did my first year of medical school. It was really, really, really tough, and I realised that I just wasn't cut out for the kind of the hard academics for it, so I left that and that's when I decided I can do nursing and midwifery and still be able to you know have that good relationship with my clients and still work within like the health environment um another fact about me as I was saying was the whole performing arts thing I very nearly very very nearly ended up in a big show at uh, it's called the Midlands Arts Centre and they were doing a production called what was it called City Child or something 
Um, and I did get the lead role, but I chickened out because I was like, I really can't do this. This is scary. So I didn't. And I could have been like, I don't know, Broadway star or something. But I'm cool <laughs> with photography. And the last thing I'll share about is that, yeah, I have two children. And actually, when I kind of went fully self-employed, I found out I was expecting my second daughter. So not only did I kind of be like, right, okay, so I'm going to start business properly and kind of run with it. I was thinking, now I'm going to have two children very soon. So I need to really make sure this works because I need to be able to support them too. So, yeah. And funnily enough, I will say that when I had Zara... I went back to doing shoots when she was five weeks old. So she'd be in sessions with me. I'd wrap her in a sling on my tummy and parents absolutely loved it because they were thinking, oh my gosh, is she crazy? Like there's a baby there. And I'm like, yeah, there's a baby right here. It's fine. She's fast asleep. She won't make any noise, no trouble. Um, so yeah, those are my three. <laughs> the thing is, right, mm-hmm. you started that very first story by saying, oh, I get emotional about this. Mm-hmm. So... That makes me believe you. Unless, of course, you're just a marvellous liar. <laughs> you did mention performing arts and mm-hmm. the fact that you didn't think you, you know, you could be a dancer anymore. So you needed mm-hmm. a new hobby. That was right near the beginning. Mm-hmm. So could you? But there again, you couldn't remember the name of the show. And I can't, I can't decide now. Like if I was making <laughs> up a lie, surely I would think of the name of the show. <laughs> so does that mean it's true, or that you just couldn't be bothered spending time li- lying? Ah, <laughs> oh, now I've, I'm second guessing myself. Now I've thought that was the lie, but then maybe you really didn't remember the name because mm-hmm. otherwise you could have just said it was anything. You could have said, yeah, they were putting on, I don't know, Chicago, and <laughs> that, I mean, that would have been believable. <laughs> and then the third one mm-hmm. I mean you said you had two girls but you didn't say how old they were mm-hmm. but I'm saying that's true Okay, medical degree is true so I'm saying you didn't nearly get the gig as a dancer mm-hmm. that's the lie the two girls is true Zara my second uh, she was born in September 2018 nine months after I'd kind of went fully self-employed so that's definitely true. The performing arts one is true. Ah. Now, <laughs> so it is true. And you genuinely can't remember the name of the show. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> it was like I was in school. So yeah, no, I've never been to medical school at all. <laughs> okay. Now, um, actually, speaking of your daughters, though, you <laughs> said right at the start about, you know, building this business to be flexible around your family in a way that your job in the NHS couldn't be. Mm -hmm. Has that played out? Like your work-life balance-wise, is that all good? It's um, a challenge sometimes, definitely. Late nights, I'm often kind of working once the girls have gone to bed just because it's easier than when they're kind of bouncing around behind me. And it can be really hard to kind of separate yourself from your work and let it go for a little bit so you can, you know, shut the laptop and just have some family time. It's really hard, especially because for me, I am my business and I don't feel like at the moment that I could completely step away and it would run itself. And people, especially with social media, people want a reply. 
very quickly. So, um, and if you don't, then people kind of get a little bit ratty and think, oh, does this person think they are not responding to my message? How dare they? But I've kind of got to that or getting to that point where the right people will understand that. And I, you know, a lot of people know that I have children or, you know, they'll see them in my stories sometimes. So they kind of know that little bit about me. So I think that, yeah, the right people will say, oh, it's fine. She'll get back to me in the morning. I mean, I, I've i been that mum who's awake at three o'clock in the morning doing the night feed. And I'm thinking, oh, I need to do this email now before I forget and get busy in the day. So I get that. I'll never kind of you know, be annoyed with someone for a message in the middle of the night. Even sometimes my clients will text me and they're like, I know it's 3am and I won't see it till the morning. But they're like, this has just occurred to me now and I have to write it out now. So I'm going to let you know in this moment and then get back to me when you can. And that's absolutely cool. Um, But one thing I I don't do now is respond to phone calls after like 7.30. If someone calls or like when clients book to have a, like a pre-consultation with me, I tell them that, you know, they there's only one time that they, well, two times they can really book 4.30 or 5 o'clock. I won't call them after that time at all. And they're happy with that. They're absolutely fine. Um, if it's a problem, then I'll say, look, I'll, I'll try and catch you in the day if I'm not with a client, but sometimes I'm with the children and I don't want to be doing calls then. So it's still something I'm kind of trying to figure out and navigate but I mean if someone's like really rude then I make them wait a bit longer (laughs) (laughs) love it Uh, now Tiana if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance what would that be it would be to just be yourself you don't have to be anybody but you because people will love you for who you are And I didn't know this at the beginning. And I tried to kind of, I was a bit of a, you know, round peg, square hole, whatever it is. I don't know. Um, But yeah, just be yourself because people want to know who you are. And that's more authentic and people will be happy with that. So yeah, that would be the biggest thing. Because I think I've always kind of felt like a little bit not, that I don't really fit in anywhere. I kind of am a bit of someone who sort of floats in between. But coming to that realisation that that is absolutely fine um, has been a journey. So that's that's one thing I would definitely say. Oh, Tiana, it's such a great story. Thank you so much uh, for chatting to us. Uh, go to beingfreelance.com. There'll be links through to Tiana's website. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, reach out to her on Instagram. Say hi. Make sure you check out her, her photography because it is amazing. Thank and you. Uh, And her website. And funnily enough, since you mentioned that Austin uh, Cleon book, yes. uh, I will also mention that uh, Austin's other book, well, you know, he's got numerous books, mm. another of Austin's books called Keep Going – Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Is you got that one as well? Yes. <laughs> that book is our next book. Uh, if if you're listening to this as it goes out in the Being Freelance book club, so go to beingfreelance.com or if you're in the community, uh, just click the links uh, in the event section. You'll find that. Get a ticket. Come join us. Read the book and uh, come chat about it as well. Yeah, it's all about kind of keeping going through the the 
good times and the bad, which you've definitely done through a yeah. pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it all seems to be going amazing. So, so good to talk to you. Thanks so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Honestly, I do. So thank you for having me. It's great. Yeah, so there goes Tiana. And you heard how important community has been to her, right? So if you've not already, come join our community. Freelancers from around the world hanging out, having a laugh, uh, cheering each other on, asking the questions they need to ask, supporting one another. Uh, Plus we have live Q&As, there's a mastermind in the form of Cookie Collective, we have a book club, like I mentioned, and the Non-Employee of the Week Awards, where I go live each week celebrating one of their BFFs, our Being Freelance Friends, who is doing amazing stuff that week. Please come find us if you've not already clicked the link at beingfreelance.com. Also at the website, if you go to beingfreelance.com slash coffee, you can find a way to support what I do with Being Freelance. Just shout me some biscuits, basically, either a one-off or on a regular basis, and it helps keep this going. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed that, and you have a great week. Being Freelance. Being Freelance.